All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Digital Dive Podcast. Now, this is the conversational podcast where, of course, we talk about tech, but this week in specific, we do a little bit something different. We just shook it up a little bit. Jacqueline, what do we do this week? We still talked about tech. This is true. <laughs> we don't like click off now thinking we're going to like talk about how to do um, your makeup or something. We do talk about tech, but we had the incredible honor of sitting down with Jayon Jung from Samsung, head of Smart Things. We talked a lot about kind of like the Samsung ecosystem, where Smart Things is going. For anyone that doesn't know, they just launched Smart Tags alongside the S21 Ultra. And we talked a little bit about her career and kind of how she's become one of the most prominent people at Samsung. Yeah, honestly, it was an incredible, incredible episode. I'm so happy you got the opportunity to, to talk to her and talk everything Smart Things. I think everyone here listening knows I'm huge, huge into home automation. So getting to talk to her about that and like, she actually noticed my lights in the background and it made me really happy. But yeah, honestly, it was just a really cool episode. I had a lot of fun and I think Jacqueline did too. I would just like to say like, not only did she notice Darsh's lights in the background, but she actually listened to our episodes. Like a lot of times when you have people that are as busy as someone that's ahead of a giant division at Samsung would be, when you have them on, it's more than enough of an honor just to have them on. But she actually listened to our whole episode, referred to Darsh's candle that he mentioned last week, which is really cool. It's a really good candle. Hopefully you guys enjoy this one. It's a super interesting conversation about kind of where she sees Samsung going in the future with home automation and kind of just the ecosystem as a whole. So definitely let us know what you think about it on Twitter. And thank you again to the Samsung PR team for hooking this up and giving us this opportunity. Honestly, it was amazing. Thanks so much. Enjoy the episode. See you guys next week. Welcome back to the Digital Dive, a conversation around tech. Today's episode is a really special episode. We're joined by Jayon Jung, uh, VP and head of smart things at Samsung. Thank you so much for making the time. I'm literally like incredibly excited right now. This is honestly so cool. We're so excited to have you on. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Okay. So everyone knows Samsung, obviously, that listens to this podcast, but it'd be super cool if you could give us like a brief introduction to what you do at Samsung, just for anyone that doesn't know. And then we have like tons of things to talk about. Hi, uh, Jacqueline and Darsh and everyone listening to this show. So my team uh, is building SmartThings app and then the back end that connects like millions of devices and also customers for smart home experiences. That's awesome. So you've been working on SmartThings for since your beginning at Samsung or did it initially start as security? Can you kind of walk us through that a little bit? So uh, I joined Samsung in 2016. And since then, I've been working on uh, projects related to SmartThings. And since last year, I've been leading smart things. Awesome. For anyone that's listening to this, one of the newest smart things edition is a smart tag, which I actually personally have, and I've been super stoked on it. Can you kind of walk us through the process of coming up with an idea like that and what kind of gets picked to be the next product in the smart things lineup? Oh, sure. So actually I, I brought um, smart tag here. Okay. Right. So smart tag, Galaxy smart tag is a Bluetooth device and then it's like yay big like this. So you can, uh, you can attach this to like keychain or, or some, some like object, anything that, you know, you'd like to sort of, uh, locate where it is. And so this thing is something that sort of sends Bluetooth signal. And if your phone is around it, then you can use a uh, smart things find to, uh, ring it so that you can find, like, let's say that you know, if you don't know where you left your keychain, and the smart tag is attached to it and you can use your SmartThings Find app to ring it to find. And also if your phone, uh, if your smart tag is uh, far away from your phone, then, uh, you know, kind of nearby Galaxy devices, they are like sort of like looking out for this kind of smart tags. And then uh, you can also use SmartThings Find app to get a report 
whenever your smart tag is found by a Galaxy device. One thing that I actually find super fascinating about that is that basically it uses the ecosystem, like the fact that you guys have so many other Samsung Galaxy users to create this network where you can find the devices. How do you set something up like that, right? Because, mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the way it works is that, let's say I have it connected to my car keys and I leave them in a building and then I'm out of Bluetooth range, but another user is within Bluetooth range, I'll get notified that that's where it is. Right. What's the process of setting something like that up? Right. Oh, great question, Jacqueline. So actually, we launched uh, this SmartThings Find last year. So SmartThings Find uh, is the app that uh, you can use also to find Galaxy Watch <laughs> like this or Galaxy Buds and Galaxy phones and tablets and so on. What we do is, you know, we ask our customers, you know, they, they wanna, if they want to find their own devices like, you know, Galaxy Watch and Buds and whatnot, and then we are asking them to join this Galaxy Find Network. And as you mentioned, uh, Jacqueline, there are like so many Galaxy users uh, in the world. And then they like a lot of uh, folks kind of opted in to be part of Galaxy Find Network. We have a lot of these uh, Galaxy Find so nodes out there, and then they are helping each other to find your Galaxy devices and also uh, the things that you know, your smart tag is attached to. I think it's really cool that you have set this up within like the Galaxy ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Do you ever see it kind of expanding to other Android devices or is it something that's kind of Samsung specific? Uh, so right now it's for uh, Galaxy devices, but we are expanding this uh, Find uh, Galaxy Find network to include also Samsung TVs. You know, if you have uh, you know Samsung TV in your home later on of this year, uh, the Samsung TV also will be able to find your Galaxy devices and uh, smart tags. I mean, it really just shows like how you guys have a foot in so many different tech arenas. It's awesome that you can really utilize that ecosystem and then kind of bring it out to multiple users. But Darsh, I want to throw it to you because I know you have a question as well. <laughs> Basically, I know a lot of our listeners know this, but just I guess for a little bit of clarity. So I'm really huge into home automation and it's become one of those things that I've just gotten like really obsessed with to a point where whenever I come home, I say hi to my Google Home. And so with that kind of, with that kind of mindset or that in mind, is the main focus for smart things as a whole, is that going to be home automation or is there like a larger picture that we haven't necessarily or we're not seeing yet? Oh, wow. wow. Great question, Darsh. Actually, uh, smart things is connected to uh, Google ecosystem as well. So from your Google home, uh, you can also control devices connected to smart things. So, you know, we are, you know, it's, it's an open mm-hmm. uh, platform and, you know, we are working with Google and also Amazon as well. So even if you use Amazon Alexa, uh, Echo speaker devices, you can also connect that with SmartThings and then you can control devices connected to uh, SmartThings. Wow. And also, uh, you know, at Unpacked this year, we talked about our collaboration with Android Auto. And so, you know, if your car supports Android Auto and then you connect, you know, your Galaxy with uh, your car, then in your car dashboard, uh, with Android Auto, you can control devices in the home as well. So, you know, we are kind of expanding to, you know, other domains like car as well uh, by um, collaborating with partners. That's honestly really, really cool. And even when you brought up uh, the smart tags uh, themselves, the first thing I thought of was just my roommates in the apartment. We have a cat that runs around. We always lose them. And I was thinking, well, this would actually be perfect because now we'll be able to ping the cat and figure out where he is. Exactly. <laughs> right. So, exactly. you know what? I have two dogs, <laughs> like mm-hmm. two poodles. Uh, one is smaller and the other is bigger, a little bigger. Yeah. So they both have, they've been doing, um, 
user trial for us. <laughs> so they've been wearing this uh, smart tags. Mm -hmm. You know, my dog, uh, Mika, she, uh, she doesn't like when I sort of ring it <laughs> and she gets like startled, yeah. like, well, what's going on? But, you know, definitely, you know, it's, uh, it can be used to like, you know, we don't want anyone to lose their, uh, loved pets, but, you know, in case, uh, that ever happens, then smart tag can help them. That's so cool. So I was just thinking because I lost the cat behind my screen last week and I was just confused where it went and I oh woke God. up the next morning the cat was there. It's so <laughs> okay. interesting. That just came to my mind. I just had to bring it up. No, it's um the really cool thing about that I think that you bring up is the fact that you have like the network of Galaxy devices because obviously like if your dog like got rid like one out of Bluetooth range or mm -hmm. something. So it's really cool that that still works. Is that from the security aspect, because I know that you're also super well-versed in the security aspect, how do you kind of go about having everyone's devices be anonymous? So like building this network, but still having everyone's privacy at like the forefront. So our customers who opted in to be part of Galaxy Fi network, you know, we uh, want to make sure that absolutely any data from uh, any identifier of their device will be you know, sent to anywhere. So, you know, although they're part of this Galaxy Find Network and they're helping with each other to find their things, all we know is the location where this smart tag or Galaxy Watch or Galaxy Buds have been uh, sort of found. Uh, and that's it. And then time and what device it was. We, Samsung, doesn't know anything about who is uh, finding which devices and anything like that. And then also everything gets encrypted end to end. So that's how we sort of secure uh, your data and uh, also protect the privacy of the uh, devices part of Galaxy Fi Network. So on that note of just kind of like creating more hardware products and kind of end to end encryption is, I guess, like the goal with smart things, is it mainly going to be a hardware based thing? Because you're also really developing a ton of software, like the fact that you're able to connect all these Galaxy devices. So there's kind of the two components there, but is the hope for Samsung to eventually continue to create more and more hardware-based products that kind of fit into this ecosystem? So uh, SmartThings, uh, we have a lot of devices connected to SmartThings are uh, Samsung uh, devices like Samsung TVs and Samsung appliances. You know, I don't know whether you watched CES this year, you know, we introduced this like really like AI packed robot vacuum cleaner that's also connected to SmartThings. And so a lot of devices that Samsung offer to our customers, you know, these can be controlled through SmartThings. And also Galaxy devices like, you know, WatchBuds and SmartTech uh, are part of this SmartThings family. And also we have many partner devices like, you know, Darsh, the one, the thing that you have in your home, you know, this Philips uh, light, uh, light strips and mm -hmm. all, a lot of lighting products are also can be integrated with SmartThings. Our goal is to really help our customers fully enjoy this um, the connected like smart home lifestyle you think that we're ever going to get to a future where your car key and your credit card with samsung pay and all these other things are all on your phone and your phone is kind of like the nucleus that houses it all but isn't that already the case <laughs> you know we talked about this uh digital key and unpacked this year as well right for like yeah. so uh not all the cars are supporting this uwb digital keys yet but uh you know if if you have one of those cars then you can use galaxy to you know unlock your car samsung pay you can you know pay with your phone and also you know like uh, uh in the near future like an you know, ids can be also uh, digital ids can be 
uh, part of your phone as well. Yeah, it's crazy just how your smartphone is becoming more and more important and becoming more and more powerful. With uh, the UWB technology, what are kind of like the security measures behind that and how, because Darsh and I actually were just talking about digital keys last week on the podcast. What are like the security measures behind it? I know it was discussed a lot unpacked as well. Maybe you could walk us through like how that kind of works. So uh, for the like details of how UWB security works, I'll defer to that to my colleague working on UWB. But in in general, uh, UWB, the uh, protocol itself is very secure. And with Galaxy device, you know, we have this hardware-backed security, like secure storage and then secure uh, this encryption capability that we use to really secure end-to-end of uh, UW, that any data transmitted uh, via UWB. It's interesting like how privacy and security has really been brought to the forefront over the last couple of years. I think like with companies kind of like taking consumers data like more and more often through apps and stuff it feels like even more important now to assure to people Mm -hmm. like it's safe and their data isn't um getting like taken and i think one of the main things there's a lot of home automation stuff so it's kind of like trusting to have like a camera in your house or things like that um and i thought there was a really interesting you spoke at a conference a while back and you were talking a lot about how you guys kind of like go through encrypting video and making sure that it's that no one can look at it and like see what's kind of going on in your house can we talk a little bit more about that here and how you kind of go about making sure that smart things when it's in your house is like a right. private secure thing? Our customers, uh, smart things customers, you know, they trust Samsung, right? So when they uh, so use smart things app and and connect camera with smart things app, they trust that you know uh, all this data that they have is only used for uh, their like own monitoring purpose. And also everything gets secured uh, while they're using their app and our platform, right? So for us, uh, you know, that's the like the trust, the consumer trust is the, the most important thing. And so whenever we sort of uh, integrate any new device with SmartThings platform, we have a very strict uh, security uh, bar. So the device has to pass that bar to be able to uh, have this works with SmartThings uh, certification. So that's number one. And then for any data that's transmitted from, you know, the device to the app to our our platform has to be encrypted and, you know, everything, all the best practices for uh, security we we use. And then a lot of data, they just get stored in either the device themselves or the app. But, you know, some data, you know, uh, has to be uh, stored in our uh, platform, the server platform. And then the data, you know, we make sure that they stay encrypted and, you know, protected with the, you know, best, uh, you know, security uh, measures. That's honestly insane. When you think about when you start breaking down privacy and like the privacy concerns that a lot of people have, it's really assur- like reassuring to hear that like there is all these safeguards and all these measures set up. And I think a lot of our listeners would be really glad to hear it. But there's one, I, I guess it's not really a security measure. It's more like a, more like just, I'm curious. I think we were, uh, Jack and I were debating this last week. So say you're out and you have the key on your phone for mm-hmm. your car. And I have a lot of friends who, they call me responsible because my phone is always charged. What happens if your phone's dead and you don't have your key on you? Or is that still like, or is it still recommended you carry your key with you if you have your key on your phone? Oh, I see. So is that, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of very unfortunate scenario. So uh, uh, you're talking about, so you're talking about, <laughs> Uh, just specifically to digital key or yes just specifically for digi- for digital keys with uh with regard to actual car so if you were to go out and about for the day and then your phone end up, ends up dying while you're away from your car and when you get back to your car it's still recommended you have like your original key with you correct or is it 
Is there so, a safeguard for your phone? Right. So, I mean, if your phone, uh, I mean, if you uh, 100% rely on your digital keys in your phone, your phone better stay, you know, charged and working, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Otherwise, like, oh, well, right. You know, you have to yeah, call exactly. Exactly. or have to find your backup key. Physical key. Yes, that's for everyone listening. Remember, carry your physical keys. It's, it's a necessity. Yeah. Same way, carry your physical credit cards because sometimes they don't take tap. It's very, very yeah. common. Although with Samsung Pay, it's not only NFC based, which is super interesting. I think like, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think it scans in the same way that like a traditional credit card scans, right? Right. So some Galaxy devices have this uh, MST technology so that you can uh, sort of regular this credit card machines it will just work even without NFC because the phone uh, transmits this credit card data as if it's a sort of uh, without, without NFC. Okay, one more question for you before the break. I think Samsung is one of the few brands out there that's like super in the mobile smartphone niche, but also has kind of their toes in everything else. Like smart things, you have air conditioners, you have refrigerators, you have like washers. How do you guys like choose what product selection to pick? Is there... A reason why you do a washer dryer but you don't do like a dishwasher or like just a different product or an oven like is there uh, I guess there's obviously a reason but what's like the reason behind why you pick certain product niches and not others <laughs> uh, I wish I knew because uh, you know I also have some you know uh, asked to my um, you know my colleagues in digital appliances division uh, I guess I have to sort of defer that question to them because you know so the, these have you know there are folks who are responsible for, you know, like, you know, understanding market, you know, what product that, you know, uh, Samsung should build and so on. And uh, my job is to, once they build their, you know, awesome products, then my job is to make sure that these devices are connected, can be connected to smart things securely, safely, and our customers can use uh, their mm-hmm. the, the awesome products through SmartThings app. That's awesome. Well, if there is any uh, people from the Samsung R&D team listening, I think Jock and I can both say that we would love, and I mean love to see a SmartThings enabled cold brew maker. I think that would be one <laughs> of the things, just being able to tell, I would love to be able to tell my Google Home in the morning, just make me coffee on my Samsung cold brew maker. But with regard to coffee and just thinking about that, I think it's time for our break. I think we're all gonna go get a little refreshed, come back in full force for the second half of this episode. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, welcome back from the break. I hope you guys got something to drink. Ideally, some espresso, but again, if Jacqueline comes at you and tells you to pick up the cold brew, it, it's just, I'm sorry, I, I can't do cold <laughs> brew. I, I'm done with it. I'm done with cold brew for right now. It's too cold. It was negative 21 degrees. Celsius today in Canada, which is negative six degrees Fahrenheit. I had to Google it. That's unreal. I was just going to be so impressed with your conversion skills, but you, you Googled it. <laughs> no, no, I Googled it. I Googled it. But exactly. So it's too way too cold for cold brew. Um, but I hope everyone listening did go get a drink, whether it be water, whether it be coffee. I hope it's coffee. But yeah, welcome back. Welcome back to the interview. Yeah. So I kind of want to just take a little short detour from smart things and talk a little bit about your personal career journey, because I think that there are a lot of people listening to this that are interested in tech, maybe looking to kind of like work for a brand as incredible as Samsung or some of the other places that you've been as well. So for anyone that doesn't know, I'll start us off and then please like take over the reins. You got your PhD from MIT. So I think like everyone just knows you're like a genius, but can you maybe walk us through like what you studied for your PhD and then kind of like where you went from there? Mm -hmm, Sure. So I studied computer engineering in college and got pretty excited about, uh, you know, this internet and things. I mean, I, I, I sound so old, but 
when I was in college, this video conferencing was a totally new thing. So I was like one of really few students testing this thing called See You, See Me. Uh, this is okay. like based on sort of like new multicast protocol back then. I was like so fascinated. I, I was able to talk to some random person uh, around the world, like, you know, using like video and so on. And so uh, so I wanted to sort of do more study on that. And then, you know, at MIT, I was um, interested in uh, a, a little bit more about like network and how internet works and what components are there. And then got interested in security. So I, I ended up getting PhD in computer security. And then um, also it's kind of pretty, uh, kind of many, many years ago. And then back then there was like code red worm that kind of like really like hit the internet. And so like, I was so fascinated how, you know, this kind of thing works. I guess it's kind of, could be similar to COVID-19, uh, but that was kind of short. Like it was just a few days. The internet was like totally meltdown because of this uh, computer virus. And so I studied that for a while. And then um, I moved on to doing more kind of research into like, smart consumer devices, like sense sensing devices and the smart home devices, how, how we can make them more secure and how we can also build more usable interfaces there so that our customers can you know, fully utilize those devices and then do the right setup for their security and privacy. So I did that for a while and then, um, and then I joined Samsung in 2016, got pretty excited about working on like real products, like you know, real consumer products, and then you know, built this, uh, what I studied into the products. What's the process of kind of like coming up with an idea on the smart things team and then actually like getting to see it in consumers hands like oh. is there like a quick turnaround time on that and what's that like experience been like for you oh yeah uh, thanks for asking that actually uh so our kind of formal product development process is like this you know the, we have a team looking out uh the market and also we have a product managers that are constantly looking for new experiences they want to uh, they want to deliver through smart things and so they sort of uh, put together their suggestions and you know, what sort of new things should be built. And that can be a product, uh, like hardware product, and then that can be sort of experiences that we build on top of SmartThings app. And then we have uh, this like an intake process where these uh, new ideas get discussed and then uh, some of them get chosen to be built into our uh, like app and the product. And then we have a development process, uh, like, you know, process, like, you know, it depends on what, what thing that we need to add. And, and then we have a the verification and validation and user testing. And finally, that gets out to our customers. So that's the, that's the kind of formal process. But re recently we realized that, you know, sometimes we want to test, uh, our ideas, the kind of early ideas with the bare customers early. So we recently opened up this thing called Smart Things Labs. And so, okay. yeah, yeah, so some kind of experimental features, like some things that we find really cool, but we, we are not sure like how market would uh, respond. So we sort of release those things in uh, SmartThings Labs. That's really interesting. So it's kind of like product testing on a smaller level. Do you think that there will ever be a point where you guys do that for hardware-based stuff as well? Like, I guess it's also like more so on like the marketing side of like figuring out what would sell. But what's, I guess, the process with SmartThings of, sending it out to users is this app now going to be like at the forefront of figuring out if you should pursue it further right so so right now through smart things labs 
we test uh, through software features first, uh, but like hardware uh, is a little difficult because, you know, like design and so on that, you know, some of them, you know, are sort of kept confidential until very last minute that we release uh, to the market. That makes a lot of sense also probably just from an investment standpoint of making a ton of products and then not having it go well. With the smart tags, which is like the newest innovation to this lineup, what would you say? And again, if you can say that's totally fine, but when we look at kind of like big picture, what do you think the future is with smart tags and are there like grand future plans for it? Obviously, we are very excited that smart tag has uh, launched uh, and and then we are looking at customer feedback from uh, like you guys and also, you know, many, many people who write about those in like Samsung members and other channels. And so people like, you know, talk about, you know, putting smart tag uh, to their like dog and cat and, you know, the like stuffed animal that their daughter really loves uh, and then takes to daycare and so on. So that's pretty exciting. But also we are getting inquiries from partners about so embedding this kind of capabilities into their products. So that would be kind of interesting expansion of smart tag. Yeah, one thing that I noticed when kind of like researching smart things as a whole is that you guys have a ton of brand partnerships. Like you work with Ring, you work with Google Assistant. What's the process for a brand to get involved with Samsung and kind of like be part of the smart things ecosystem? So uh, if you go to smartthings.com, the, our website, there is a uh, like partners section and then we list yeah. up all those partners. Yes, Ring is uh, is our great partner. Ring doorbell devices are uh, very uh, nicely integrated with SmartThings platform. And uh, you can actually, and if you have a Ring doorbell and if you have a Samsung TV and if you have a SmartThings, <laughs> and if someone is at your door and then you can see that uh, the video doorbell screen on your TV. So that's like a pretty convenient and same thing for family hub refrigerator which uh, has this uh, screen there so you can uh, you know so so those partners you know you can find out which partners are working with us and if you are you know want to be one of those partners you know there is a like little things that you know contact us and then you know we'll get back to you I think it's interesting to kind of talk a little bit about the smart thing sensors because that's kind of how it started right that was like one of the initial parts of the product lineup for smart thing sensors how do you kind of see that integrating into the rest of the smart things ecosystem going forward is that going to be because it seems like now a lot of the focus is on more hardware based products of like the smart tags and the integration with smart TV are smart thing sensors still kind of like pivotal to the smart things family oh yes of course so, so smart things, uh, so we call them like works with smart things products. And we have contact sensors and uh, smart buttons and water leak sensors. And then we have uh, like many sensors in our smart things ecosystem. And these are really popular in the smart home enthusiastic community. These folks are really, uh, I, 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 we love these folks. Like they sort of have all sorts of creative ideas of, you know, adding those sensors in their home and then do many uh, interesting automation with the sensor devices. Yes, so definitely these sensors are very important part of uh, smart things ecosystem. I want to briefly just talk about the fact that you're a woman in tech. I think a lot of the audience for this podcast, surprisingly, is normally in a tech space, the male to female ratio is super low and it's not great on this either. I would love to see more females in tech, but we definitely have a little bit of a higher one. So I thought it would be a little interesting before I throw it back to Darsh to kind of finish out the smart things topic to get a little bit of your sense on what it's been like as a woman in tech and maybe some advice to other females that want to get into the space. Yes. 
So I have many uh, women engineers in my team. And uh, so I want to be sort of, I want to say like a role model to them that, you know, if you just like, you know, work on what you're passionate about, then it would be great, right? So we can, so uh, there are many, also uh, many sort of female colleagues at Samsung and we help with each other. And I think that things are getting better. Yeah, I personally, when I started like six years ago, there was definitely significantly less female YouTubers than there are now. So there's definitely more more. And I can imagine when you started throughout your PhD program, was there a lot of other women in the space or was it mostly men and then you? <laughs> also because I studied in computer security and then uh, security is the area that also very kind of male dominated. Yes, I was kind of one of those few women uh, in that in the field. But, you know, even at MIT, I have, uh, you know, one of my uh, sort of a best friend I, I made uh, from MIT, and she is, uh, I think, a dean at University of Washington. And so, you know, so there are many, uh, not that many, but there are also, you know, kind of quite a few like women engineers out there. And Jacqueline, like you're there and, and you are talking about all those like cool 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 gadgets and um so yeah um i actually i spoke at one of the mit speaker series things last year and i definitely there was a ton of like females that came to that so it's definitely getting better but it's always an interesting question like how do we get more females involved in this space and how do we make it more just like accessible to people you mentioned that you have um a daughter who made those awesome earrings which look which is epic. Is she into tech? Have you kind of exposed her to it on that front? Wow, wow. thanks for mentioning that. So, so these are so the earrings that my daughter made for me. So like a smart things logo here. So she's not into tech. Uh, she's more into law and like you know social studies and so on. Uh, but when she was in kindergarten, you know, I volunteered to teach coding to uh, to her classmates, and so. I, I believe that, you know, like people like me and you, Jacqueline, you know, we sort of <laughs> do our job well and we are, I guess we're happy and then we sort of succeed in our area. I think that sort of sends really good uh, signals to other women who want to sort of follow our footsteps. Yeah, that's really impressive that you did the coding thing and like read a class for it. I think like you've definitely been like a spokesperson for it. And it's so cool that you're such a prominent person at Samsung as well. Um, and obviously like so articulate and brilliant. So that's awesome that you're doing all of that and good for your daughter too. Darsh, I, I saw um, some really cool questions. So I want to throw it to you. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Okay, so going back to I guess the smart things, I was just thinking about this, this right during the break and I had to write it down. Okay, so because I'm so into smart home automation and I know for everyone listening, yes, I am making a video on smart home automation. My smart home automation is, video is going to come very, very soon. I promise. Um, stop pounding me. Actually, keep pounding me. I need motivation. <laughs> anyway, though, I want to ask, because we have you here, I want to ask about smart things. And in specific, if you were to recommend to someone just to get them started on home automation, what kind of smart things devices would you recommend for them? Oh, thanks for asking. <laughs> Something that I'm really passionate to talk about. So the great thing about smart things is that we have, you know, so many devices that you can connect to. So like Samsung appliances, and of course, these are the ones that work best with smart things, Uh, but Mm. like partner devices, you know, like, so I guess it depends on what you're into. Like, you know, Darsh, I see, you know, this like awesome purple light strip uh, in the background. So if you're really into lighting products, then, you know, you can start with, you know, you know, those like, you know, Philips or LifeX or those, you know, like the lighting products, right? 
And then you can sort of connect them to smart things, and then you do many interesting sort of automation、uh, configuration through smart things, and not just like one particular product. You can do a mix and match of products, and then do automation within smart things. This sort of key sort of feature that we provide to our home automation,、uh, smart home like enthusiasts. And so,、mm-hmm. like, let's say that like you have like Nest Camera, Google Nest Camera, and then you have your awesome like this light strip, right? And then、mm-hmm. I don't know, like somehow you know your Nest Camera is looking out the window, and then it you know sort of detects I don't know like where you are, which animals that you want to see, but like I don't know, deer sort of shows up in your backyard, and then you want to sort of make sure that you then like the light strip turns red, right? That kind of automation. Like you can possibly do with、uh, smart things, you know, many different products. You can sort of mix and match, and then do many automation、uh, configuration with smart things. And not only that, you can connect all the products connected to smart things with、um, you know voice assistant of your choice. You know, so you know if you are、uh, using Google、uh, Home, that's fine. Then you can sort of connect Google Home with smart things. Then you can control these devices connected to smart things through Google Home as well. That's honestly really really cool. And I know for the listeners out there,、uh, something that I've started doing recently. So I actually just I I had a smart plug sitting around, plugged it into the wall, and I put I had this like waterfall in my room that I was trying to use for. Just to kind of keep me calm, and I realized it started making me feel like I had to use the bathroom. And so I have this now smart plug in the wall, and it's the smartest thing ever. Now I can just ask it to turn off, and it turns off. I don't have to unplug it or anything, and it's great, and it's really cool that way. I guess building off that previous question, then if you could create your dream home automation setup for like a single room, what things would you be surefire to include to make sure that like you get the greatest experience? I guess. <laughs> so I'm really into sort of colored lights. So,、mm-hmm. like in my office, actually, I have a light strip and also light bulbs, and then you know I sort of change the colors of them depending on my mood of of the day. And then also, let's say if in your bedroom, like you wanna definitely wanna have something that you can turn off lights at home、uh, when you go to sleep, right? You know, you don't、yeah. wanna go walk walk up to the switch and then turn it off. And so it's like a smart things button, or even like oh smart tag. You can co- oh yeah, I wanted to mention that you can configure this button in the middle to connect your home automation. Oh really? Yeah. So you, let's say that you wanna turn off your like awesome this light strip at night, right? And then you know you're so Lying in your bed, and then you're like, you know, keychain and smart tag is next to you, and then you just click this button, and then this button will trigger your light to go off. Wow, that's really cool, especially because the price tag is so affordable with smart things. I think it's like twenty nine dollars, right? So that's like one of the easiest ways to kind of get into the smart things ecosystem and home automation for a pretty reasonable price. Well, I just want to say, I think this was. It's just a super interesting episode for Darsh and I. Like, just selfishly, like it's so cool to meet you and get to talk to you about all of this. I think what Samsung is doing is truly incredible with all the smart home automation. And Darsh and I always discuss how Samsung is one of the few Android brands that is really fully developed into the ecosystem and not just creating like one hero product,、yeah. but a bunch of like a really diverse list of products. So, thank you so much for coming on. It's been an absolute honor, and we definitely like hope that we can catch up again soon and kind of just track the progress of smart things. Well, thank you, Jacqueline and Darsh,、uh, for having me in your show. I'm a big fan of your show, by the way, and so. 
but it was thank my you. honor thank to you. speak with you today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, honestly, great having you on. Great meeting you. Before we do go, I do want to give a huge thank you to Luke, our editor. He is fantastic. We are literally sending him this all this stuff the weekend before. He's going to crush and get this all done. He's, he's just been, <laughs> honestly, he's been crazy, crazy, crazy good about keeping up with our schedule. And if you don't know our schedule, it's every Monday at 7 a.m., central 8 a.m eastern we've been trying to keep up with that as best we can so stay tuned check out our instagram our twitter to keep in touch with when we're dropping all of our episodes also huge thank you to adil constantine as always for our intro and outro music he really killed that been using it for this is the second season so two seasons now it's honestly been great thank you guys for listening all links for smart things and everything that you guys needed if you want to check it out will all be in the show notes and we'll catch you guys next week catch you guys next week see you bye